0: This is Soccer 101
1: with Moon and Rocchio. hey welcome back to Soccer 101. It's Moon, it's Matt Rocchio. We are here, you know, ending. We're getting close to the end of the regular season here with the inaugural season for St. Louis City SC. And man, it has been incredible. I'm sure, Rocchio, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff. I'd like to talk a little bit about my experience. I went to the Together Credit Union VIP uh it was a, a vip experience down at city park and coach bradley carnell was down there luce van and steel was down there we even had a guest appearances by roman berkey and edward Leuven. so it was it was pretty cool it was, it was a thing that they put on down there for the st louis city sc uh credit card holders and it was freaking sweet it was my first it was my wife's first time down at city park so i got you know got to give her kind of the tour and show her All that I've been so excited about this last year, which was a a great experience, but let's get into everything else that we're going to cover on this episode because we got a lot from playoffs to the last match to this big Kansas City match happening this weekend.
0: Yeah, let's jump right into it. You know, let's do it chronologically. Let's talk about that big win against Minnesota United FC. I mean that was just an incredible game. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the struggles that they've had on the road relative to their success. When you compare them to the rest of the league, they are still one of the better road teams. But relative to their home success, they obviously lose a little bit. And so you're down early because of a penalty. I think if you're you, the average city fan was was feeling pretty you know crappy about the about the game into the second half, and then just magic comes out of nowhere, just like the city team continues to do all year. Jake Norwinski with an absolutely picture perfect. Cr- Cross And then Klaus just with another wonder goal. We've seen plenty of them from him. And then later on in the game, really as impressive as Klaus's was, and this is why it won goal of the week. Jabulo Bloms just blast from the top of the box into the upper 90, put City up 2-0. We haven't seen too many comeback victories for City. Usually when they win, it's because they get an early, go- early goal and then dr- absolutely drown a team. When other teams have gotten the first goal, it's gone the other way for them. So your thoughts, Moon, on, on a big comeback victory for City?
1: Yeah, that first half was rough. The second half, uh, like you said, that that Klaus goal was so <laughs> energizing. Um, I mean, I can't imagine the energy that that put into the team. You know, the team does have this, like, this awesome kind of old-school Manchester United fight back, like – you know, every minute counts. We're never going to slow down kind of thing, even if we're behind. And I love that about the team. But that second half started off like, oh, God, you know, like away. Are we going to go five and eight, you know, five, eight, and three uh, uh, on 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 the away record? Are we going to go six, seven, and three? And as soon as that hit, it was like, oh, we're going six, seven, and three. We're, we're, we're going we're to win this. I don't know who's going to put it in, but we're going to have some unlikely hero. I wasn't expecting Blom to have it, though. And I loved how at the top of the box he got that ball. And felt so. I mean, he just looked so much more comfortable and cool on the ball than he did, uh, you know, towards the beginning of the season. And he just pocketed it. I mean, just boop in the in the most perfect spot. I was screaming. My kids hate that. You know, they never know what I'm screaming about. Uh, but I, I was screaming in the living room, and it was uh, it was exciting. What, what, what did you think about that whole second half?
0: God, that was incredible. First of all, who 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 among us doesn't have a little PTSD from their parents screaming? Second of all, just everything about that Blom goal made me me smile because obviously it's his first career goal. Um, that's a huge moment for him. But also, it's just the fact that that move that he made at the top of the box. It wasn't something crazy that we've never seen him do. All it was was the same move that he pulls, you know, half a dozen to a dozen times every game. He does that exact same move just forty yards back in the midfield to control the ball. That's that's what he almost always do. If you go back and you watch every time that Blom kind of gets it in that center behind the half mark, you know, on the defensive side of the half line, I should say, he will get the ball and his first move almost every time. Is just kind of turn around that one defender who's trying to press him, and he does it so many times every game. And so it's literally the exact same play. You just take it from the half mark, you move it up to the box, and it and he and again it was there was no sense of urgency to it. He didn't rush it. It was just the exact same move from one foot to the other, turn the defender around. But now the difference is instead of being able to blast, instead of having to blast it forty yards to the top ninety, you only got about eighteen, and that's exactly what he did. It was an incredible goal. I'm so happy that it was uh, voted in as the goal of the week. Um, I don't know if you if you get involved with some of the uh, fan bases going after each other on certain social media websites, Moon, but the Cincinnati fans were not pleased that Blom won uh, that goal of the week. But I mean, I, I can't argue against it. It was an incredible play.
1: Hey, Cincinnati's got enough good things going. They don't need everything, you know. Like they also,
0: <laughs> also, you know, they're just trying just to take to... down
1: the. They're just trying to take down the next big cat because we embarrassed them that one day.
0: I was say, yeah, how, how's five one taste? That's all I got to ask.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we put a target on our back for Cincinnati. That is for sure. And you're right, man. It's exciting to see Blom up there. I'd love to see him at the top of the box a lot more. Um, but uh, yeah, speaking yeah, right. speaking of confidence and people doing what they do, uh, man, you know, Jackson. We, I know we talked a lot about Marcanic last uh, last episode. And just, you know, the excitement that we have in seeing that type of player and him, like, really kind of blossom. But, man, I'll tell you what, Jackson, every time I watch him, I feel like he gets stronger, like physically stronger. Um, because, you know, we, we got some guys that are not, you know, they're not all a dinner in size. Uh, a, a lot of them are, you know, mid, mid-sized fellers or a little bit smaller like Blom and maybe Jackson. But, dude, he was pushed off the ball a little bit towards the beginning of the season, and nobody's really pushing him off the ball anymore. He is just much stronger. Uh, a person and, uh, it is, it is really coming through in his play. It's really coming through in, in winning and keeping balls. And it was, it was these last couple of weeks have been really exciting to watch some really direct progress from all the coaching and all the, uh, the gelling of the team, if you will, even on an individual level, it's been really exciting. I just wanted to say that before I forgot about it.
0: No, and I, and, I, and I love bringing up AZ Jackson because I didn't get a chance to ask Bradley Carnell at training this week this question, but it's one I, I got in my pocket next time I get a chance to talk to Bradley, maybe even after the city game, depending on how, or the sporting KC game, depending on how it goes. But I really do think that AZ Jackson has allowed them to take the style that they play for, or the, the style they want to play. And if they were able to play it at you know, 85, 90% out of the gate, I think AZ Jackson has allowed them to jack it up to a full 100% because his ability just to start that press from the middle every time and and still never be out of position because his work rate is just that high, I really do think it's changed. Not. Completely, you know, it's not a you know, it's not a completely different formation shift necessarily. It's just that they've been able to take us this this pressing style from ninety percent all the way to a hundred, and I think that's been one of the biggest changes we've seen from let's say the pre league cup city to now the post league cup city.
1: Yeah, you know, it's wild. Uh, Michelle and I, when we first started the the, the podcast, we were doing. The uh, word of the week. And one of the words that we did early was talisman. Because, you know, you hear yeah. some broadcasters say that. And that's like that's like the inspiring player that's on the pitch. That when they're on the pitch, they're really um, – it just it just juices the level of all the players around them. And the crazy thing is when we were first talking to Nico Joachini on Soccer 101 on, on one of the early episodes, we asked him, like, hey, early on, who, who seems to be a talisman? And he says, you know, he likes to try to play in a way where he can kind of be that. Um, but what you're seeing out of this team is – Every one of these guys at a different, you know, week in, week out, it's almost like, okay, well, this guy's not having his match, but boy, oh boy, this guy is. And almost turning into these like temporary talismans. And typically you're looking at somebody that always inspires. That's what the term is usually reserved for. Um, But we've got a good crop of potential talisman out there at any given time. And it's really, really cool to see some of these younger guys uh, or, or newer guys really like stepping up and becoming inspiring forces, not just for fans but for other players. You can see it. Obviously, Klaus has got it in his pocket, and Lüven has certainly developed that. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's been really cool. So I wanted to just kind of do a little bit of a callback there, because um, when I'm watching some of these guys, Jackson in the beginning of the season was not a guy that I always, that I ever would have assumed that by the end of the season is going to be inspiring other players. But he's doing that. He's doing that. It's very cool.
0: Absolutely, and really that Importance of players stepping up and the way that's changed the dynamic of the season. Bradley Carnell, I didn't get a chance to talk to him about AZ Jackson necessarily at training, but Bradley Carnell at training just this past week talked about how despite the injuries, despite all the changes, the fact that this team has gotten better because so many of those guys have been able to come in and give them little bits. Here's Bradley Carnell from training uh, this past
1: week. We've seen many times this season where players have come on and made massive contributions for us, right? So, and without those experiences, we would never have known if those players could have contributed at some point in the season so by the players getting so many experiences of getting meaningful minutes um and, and making good contributions. It makes my life a headache, which is awesome to have. I love this challenge that I have um and I'm faced with right now. Um and it's and it's you know for the betterment of our team, for us collectively, how we stick together, you know, how we you know support our teammates if my number's cold, if it's not called. So, you know, just to be ready and be prepared. And I think that's been our motto since day one. And
0: so that was Bradley Carnell earlier this week at St. Louis City SC training, talking about just really the way that players have stepped up and changed the dynamic of this team. Injuries, you know, players coming in from transfers—it doesn't matter. They've been able to take that next step, next step up every single time, and it really has been the most impressive part for me. It jumped out when I realized that the starting lineup, your best eleven right now for City, if you broke it down, about half of it is the big names that they that came in preseason that we all were talking about: Roman Berkey, Edward Leuven, Zhao Klaus. All those big names; those guys are still huge parts of this team. But then the other half is all new guys who you did not even have really in the top 15 or so when you came into the season. Markanic wasn't even on the roster. AZ Jackson was a little bit farther down in the rotation. Sam Adenerin was farther down in the rotation. Joakim, uh, Joakim Nielsen you know, hadn't even played yet, and, and, and now we're seeing what we're getting him. Akil Watts was at a different position on the roster, defensive midi, and mm-hmm. now he's your best right back, although Jake Nowinski is playing well. That's really what stood out to me. It's been half of this before season scouting and then half of this in season in season scouting and development. When you talk about how you build the team, those are the two pillars. And right now City's killing it on both of them.
1: Yeah, it's been really cool to see that. And and again, I'm gonna credit the coaching. I'm not there at the training, but like that is the difference maker. Like you know, you you've got your stars, but you're playing against teams with with their stars and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of, you know, some of it can kind of cancel itself out. The difference maker that keeps your team at the top of the Western Conference, top of the table. Week in and week out, it's going to be your stars, but it's your stars plus everybody else working as stars, you know, behind the scenes or on the wings or, or whatever it is. And, and you know, your, your team's only as, as good as your bench is deep. And uh, I had a coach once just talk about how important his bench was. And he's like, you know, I've, I've got this deep bench. I've got this deep bench. And he always talked about it, you know, as if it was his secret weapon. And as a guy on that bench for a while, it was kind of insulting. I was like, well well, why don't you start in the bench? You know, it got a little frustrating. But at the same time, I started to develop really an appreciation for what he really meant. And it was the difference makers um, that were coming off the bench in the second halves or, uh, you, you know, maybe not starting week in, week out. Um, and that's what St. Louis City SE has. It's, it's been incredible. You mentioned Bradley Carnell and, and you know, Coach. And I, I got to catch up with Coach as well at this VIP thing that I, I talked about in the beginning of the season or beginning of the episode. And um, it was it was awesome talking to him, seeing him uh, do a little question and answer uh, with Lutz as well, and uh, and I got to meet uh, Berkey and Louvin there. The you know a, a special little session with those guys. Um, so it was awesome to see them train all day and then give their time to this kind of stuff. But one of the things that they were talking about because a lot of people had questions about the playoff system because we're, we're getting close to playoffs. You know, the recent news is that we clinched a playoff spot, this and that and the other thing. And this weekend is going to matter because, yes, we're playing rivals, Sporting KC, but Sporting KC is looking for a playoff spot. And this is a very, very, very important game to them because of that.
0: Yeah, they're obviously clawing. They're they're trying to get in. Minnesota United was also dealing with a situation this past weekend where every single point mattered for them. You know, Casey right now they are on the outside looking in. They're at 38 points, um, eighth place or ninth place, excuse me, because they're sitting 10th. Obviously, you got that wild card round between eight and nine. Dallas and San Jose sitting there at 40 and 41 in those coveted eight-nine spots. So if Kansas City wins. On Saturday, they're sitting pretty in a good spot, maybe even tied for eighth if San Jose can't win or sitting pretty above Dallas in that nine spot of a dead. Dallas can't take out more than one point. So it's a big game for City, but also a big game for Sporting Kansas City, but also on the top end, it is a big game for St. Louis City because if they get these three points. You can wipe out all the bad potential stuff when it comes to the first couple rounds of the playoffs. If these, if they get these three points, they are guaranteed a top-four finish, which means they are playing in City Park for round one, which is a best-of-three, so you could be getting two matches in there. So crucial. So right off the bat, you get three this weekend. You're playing City – Round one, City Park round one, no matter what, that's a huge thing for them to get this week.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the the best out of three series and all that, and that's all changed. So there's been an overhaul this year on the playoffs if you're new to soccer, which is, you know, one of the things that we wanted to encourage with this podcast uh, is a little bit of education for people that are new to it. Or if you're new to the MLS or if you're not sure what they changed, here is how the breakdown will happen as far as uh, the playoff system goes number one through seven on each conference. There's a Western and there's the Eastern conference one through seven. They're in, they get a pass to the first round proper while the eighth and ninth that uh, Rocky, mentioned earlier, they're going to have a little wild card playoff. Whoever wins that becomes obviously the eighth seed there in their, uh, respective conference. And that first round is going to be a best two out of three instead of a single elimination knockout. Then that will go on to a single elimination format in the traditional style from conference semifinal to then conference finals. And then, of course, each conference champion will play for the MLS Cup final.
0: There it is. And I'm going to get a little nerdy here because let's look at some other playoff implications. Because if you do the math really quickly, if City gets a win against Sporting KC this weekend, they will be at 56 points and they will only need one more point to clinch number one in the West, and again, like you just said there, what does number one in the West get you? That gets you home field through the conference finals, and and it will set you up that if any team out of, comes out of the East, except for Cincinnati, you will have home field advantage for the MLS Cup if you make it.
1: That's right, and if I if I remember correctly, the best of three series will play will pit the uh, seed one against the seed eight, yes. two against seven, three mm-hmm. against six, four against five. So there's an advantage there as well. We'll be playing, uh, you know, whoever uh, wins that wild card spot, which obviously will be an advantage. Also, just to note, in the playoffs, even with the best of three series, a winner must be determined. There will yep. be no draws. So it will it will be a uh, elimination or you know a a win or lose not a draw scenario even from the first round of the playoffs
0: well you that that sound you hear is a lot of st louis city fans frantically trying to find out what roman berkey's percentage is against penalty kicks (laughs) ah yeah let's we don't even need it we don't even need it no we're not going to need that out of sight out of mind completely so it is there are some playoff implications for the game this week and obviously on both sides for Sporting Kansas City and St. Louis City SC moon i got to get your opinion here right off the bat what are your thoughts on the Darby q nickname for the rivalry between St. Louis City and Sporting KC
1: oh man you know i uh <laughs> Michelle and some of my friends, they would always catch like, uh, you know, uh, the the drama that was going on in Facebook supporter groups and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I would like stay out of it because I don't I really don't care. And um, and yeah, and people would get pretty you know, mad at me if I called out a player or something like that. So that's fine. Like y- yell about it. I have no idea what people are saying about this. But the first time I heard about it, I went, ha, ha yeah, I think I like that. Darby I here. do, too. Dude, I, I mean, we're two barbecue rivals. We're two yes. soccer rivals. We're two rivals in every single way, and it's kind of friendly. So, a cutesy name isn't too out of the realm of of reasonable. I kind of like it. What has anybody come up with anything better?
0: No, that and that's 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 the thing. No one's come up with anything better. Well, so it is there. It is Derby Q round 3. It is a rubber match in Derby Q round 3 because obviously City with the big win here at home, then the unfortunate game over in Kansas despite there being a lot of red in the stands and now Kansas City has to come back here to City Park for round 3. I think it's going to be ugly for them and I'm not the only one. Let's get the analysis of this game started with a little clip from CBS Sports Galazzo. They do a great morning show over there called Morning Footy and Jordan Angeli had some thoughts on the troubles that Sporting Kansas City is going to have in St. Louis this weekend. The wall there in St. Louis is phenomenal. The atmosphere. I don't think people sit down at that stadium, and yeah. not even on the supporter side. Everywhere around the stadium, people are engaged. they This is a city who knows their football, so they know what's good and what isn't good. They make you hear that. This atmosphere is going to be too much for Sporting Kansas City, which is difficult because sporting need points la, right la, now. La, la, la. listening to this. I do you like? Think so you need to go there, right? Kansas it's amazing. I will tell you, it is the the stadium is fantastic. Yeah. It is it's such a great game day experience. Um, my concern, not concern, but I'm just wondering because of where St. Louis is in the standings right now. Like they are clearly a playoff team. They are likely going to host some some playoff games. Is there any chance that they kind of take? The, no. the foot off the pedal a little no, bit at the end that, of the season. Bradley, I don't know. Bradley Carnell has not shown that at all, and that's not really in his DNA. I don't. And that was Jordan Angeli from CBS Sports Galazzo Morning Footy, and they started getting it in there at the end about kind of the clinching that City's already done. And maybe could that lead to them pulling back on the break a little bit? You heard Jordan there say it. You know, Carnell hasn't shown that. City hasn't shown that. Would you be shocked at all if we see City maybe pull back a little bit after, let's say, clinching a first-round home field advantage with a win against Sporting Kansas City? Do you see any kind of fire coming off of City for these last three games?
1: Um I think I see all fire. Now, everything I've heard about the 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 training philosophy, the training um, atmosphere, the culture that's being built over there, it's all about competition. Those guys are in competition. Mm-hmm. They, they love each other. They're friends. They're teammates. All this kind of stuff. But like we talked about before, there is such a deep bench here that, A... These players are going to be on fire and not want to relax, even if they're somewhat instructed to, which would, they never would be instructed to necessarily. Um, they're going to be on fire to impress so they can, so they can uh, earn spots and more minutes in the playoffs, really. Uh, now, th- from a player's perspective, that's what I'm guessing. Also, from a coaching perspective, just kind of watching Coach Carnell, he's super cool, collected, calm. He seems like he's got it all together. And those are the craziest folks inside, in in my opinion. Sometimes he does not strike me as a person that would go, "Ah, let's relax." I don't, I don't think he's a uh, "let's relax" sort of coach. I really don't. And I think I, I think I love that about him. I think he's a competitor that is extremely happy. And he, he talked about it at this event about how, you know, they were talking about being happy with an eighth and ninth uh, spot uh, and getting into the playoffs this first season. And here they are, you know, at, at first place and, 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 you know, proving all the naysayers wrong and all that. And he's, he's excited about that. So I think he's genuinely humble and excited to be where he is, but I think he's also saying there's no letting up. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't see them letting up in any way now maybe a player or two they may save as far as injury That's goes it. you know yep. the old the old uh save him from the injury kind of thing maybe some reduced minutes maybe you know Klaus starts and comes out at 60 yep. or something I, I can see that happening but i don't see that happening happening in a competitive match in a scenario where he doesn't mind getting a draw i, I just I, I don't see those things happening i see some strategic rests possible but there's no way it would be seen uh, or could be you know construed as a uh, as a uh, let's let's relax kind of thing or not fiery. I just see i I see fire through and through, starting with the coach going down to the players.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you on that one. And I think, like you said, you talked about it could be perceived as maybe pulling off the gas pedal if they don't play all the guys 90 or something along those lines. And that's where I think maybe some people could construe it as that. But we just talked about it. You heard Carnell earlier in the show from trading this past week them having to sit a player out and give somebody else a chance, that's not them throwing up the white flag. That's just kind of them flexing the depth and giving another guy who's proven himself, you know, in other situations, is giving him more minutes to prove himself. And so I actually do think there's a very good chance that even if it's a tie game, I think there's a very good chance. Something you already mentioned, Klaus coming out at the 16 minute mark, a coming out around the 16 minute mark, just because These guys have played so much. Bradley Carnell mentioned on the opening drive on 101 ESPN earlier this week, he goes, some of these guys have played 15,000 minutes already. So, I mean, and they've run a lot because that's the style we play. And so I think City is being very aware of the long-term tread on the tires. And there's no reason to completely, you know, just, you know, get your guys' legs completely, you know, worn. Because you're trying to, you know, clinch some maybe meaningless points. I don't think they're going to pull back. I don't think it's going to be a big, you know, eight-man shift like we saw from the Houston game to the Minnesota game. But I would be surprised if we see some players who haven't gotten starts in the last five or six games maybe get a start here and there or some minutes here and there. But again, I don't think that them that's them pulling back. I think that that that's them continuing their philosophy from day one through the end of the last match day, and I think that kind of consistency is a positive to look forward to.
1: Hey, how many points does Cincinnati have right now?
0: I'm glad you asked that one. I I was just going to do the quick math for everybody because Cincinnati is at 62 points right now. You're at 53. So here's how the math works out. Cincinnati does have a game in hand. So right now Cincinnati could get to 64 points, and obviously you'd be out of it. But because you're at 53 with three games to play, City can get to 62 points if they win all three of their games. It would also get them to 19 wins in regulation. If Cincinnati loses all four of their games, they will also still be at 62 points, and they will have 18 wins, which means that City, by that first tiebreaker of wins, and if they win those games, goal differential the second tiebreaker, they'd have both of them. They would win the supporter shield, but that means, though, that FC Cincinnati would have to win lose all four of their games to close out the season so okay. it's not likely right but right, math right tells me it could still happen moon so you're telling yeah, me there's a well, chance
1: exactly well i wanted to ask because for some reason when i when i had seen it last i thought oh well, i guess we're out of the supporters shield um and That's for those exactly. that you don't know supporters shield is the team that uh ends with the, the highest point total at the end of the season um and i but i hadn't seen it i hadn't seen it talked about or, or, or written about. So I was like, maybe I should ask, maybe there's a mathematical way that we could do this. And you just explained it. So thank you. I'll be, I will be, I don't like to ever cheer against people. I'm just a a cheer for people, but down with Cincinnati, baby down with Cincinnati. And I Um, do
0: (laughs) want to say this, because this is pertinent as well. The two through six seeds in the East are at 49 to 51 points. And again, CDs at 53. So there is still something there as well, because if any of those teams other than FC Cincinnati come through and are playing in the MLS Cup, all you need is one more point than them, Moon, and home field is yours. You're playing a championship game in City Park in the inaugural season. So there's some scoreboard watching to be done over these last three games, because again, if any of those two through six in the East don't pick up some points, then all of a sudden we're really rooting against FC Cincinnati coming going forward.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I love any sort of system, any sort of table, any sort of playoffs. I love any of that kind of stuff where you are paying attention to uh other other matches without your squad with uh, you know, maybe not the same intensity, but with the same interest, like an equal interest or a raised interest. I love all sports and and scenarios where you are watching games that otherwise wouldn't matter. But because of the timing and the system, you are just like, oh, my gosh, this this matters, which is one of the reasons that I absolutely love English football. And I love the relegation promotion system because I'm watching some of these lower, uh, you know, lower performing teams fight for their lives. and I just love it. I love that drama. I love the excitement. And this is the kind of stuff, man, that that, that we're going to see. Um, so I would love to see. I don't know about you know what your predictions are as far as the end of the season. I would just love to get over 60 points. I would love to end this season first place in the West, 60 points, and, of course, bring home an MLS Cup.
0: 60 points would mean um, two wins and a draw over these last three games. I'd be very happy with that. Um, and, and I think they're probably just going to come up short of that. I'm guessing they probably get um, – five to six points over the next three games, either a win and two draws or or, or two wins and maybe a loss. that's my get, best guess. It's gotta be more than just three, whether that's three draws or one one win and two loss. it's gotta be more than three is my big thing right now if it's you know, I think that's the four to six number I think is the most likely. but if they can hit it big and get all nine and, and keep it possible, maybe FC Cincinnati loses one of those games and we're still talking about next week. I don't know. But I think it's going to be close. I think we're going to be looking at number one in the West, and I think we're probably going to be looking at maybe just two teams in the East that could steal the MLS Cup home field advantage away from them if everything goes that way. Which, again, when you look at what, where we were to start the season, Moon, yeah, pretty pretty special. And yeah. and I do want to mention one more thing. Speaking of special, by the way, uh, if you if you haven't been paying attention, uh, St. Louis City two in the MLS next went on a crazy run to close out the season. They were the highest-scoring team across the last 10 games. They went 7-3. and They had seven wins, and all three of their losses were in penalty kicks after tying in regulation, and that run got them into the playoffs. Then, in a pick-your-opponent system in the first round of the MLS Next Playoffs, Sporting Kansas City 2 did not pick St. Louis City SC 2 which had Lutz Fanensteel laughing just out like out loud, audibly laughing, and like throwing his head back on a video because he expected that. So because of that, City has a home game, a home playoff game on Sunday. So it's a big weekend, not just for regular City 1, but City 2. If you guys can get out there, big game for City on Saturday night, 7.30, against Sporting Kansas City. But again, the future, guys like Caden Glover already showing up for City 2. That playoff game is going to be on Sunday. Not a lot of – there was a – I mean – a minute 1% chance a month and a half ago that city was going to play in the playoffs, let alone host a playoff game. Both those things happen. So it's a big weekend down at city park this week.
1: It is picture. Perfect season picture. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, things that we didn't even know existed out there have been, just been absolute perfect from the freaking food to the play on the field. St. Louis right. city has knocked it out of the park this uh this year and so, so has the fan base so thanks to everybody that has uh, supported soccer 101 over the season we ain't done yet we'll see you next week uh the match uh this weekend like you mentioned saturday starts at 7 30 uh, some of us might be able to sneak down there uh to to the match some of us might not uh it's going to be a big weekend either way of awesome weather by the way tomorrow's supposed to be hot saturday this this weekend is going to be hot so it's gonna be great. Hey, Rocky, oh, thank you for being here, man. I appreciate uh, you doing the show with me. I've I've had so much fun these last couple weeks with you. And uh, if you got anything else,
0: no, man. I, I, that's all I got. I, I I just know that there's a couple things you want to hear down at the stadium, and I think one of them, one of them on Saturday, has to be go uh, go.